Hi there, and welcome to episode 78 of the RDS study session with your host, Matthew Roberts. And uh, I want to go on today with our Come Follow Me study, continuing into uh, the section found in August 12th to 18th, Romans 7 to 16, Overcome Evil with Good. We're going to start looking, and I say start looking, I'll explain why in a minute, at the section which is called What Did Paul Mean by Predestinate, Election and Foreknow? And that's found in Romans chapter 8 to 29 to 30, and then Romans 9 to 11. Um, when I first began looking at this section, I just presumed I'd get this done in one study session and I would be able to get some ideas together to share with you and then be able to move on. But I've actually found that this is quite a deep and um, rich uh, study piece. And I think I'll probably be going on to uh, tomorrow uh, into Friday with this as well, because um, there's just so much here to, to, to kind of into, to take in. Um, and so you may find that when we get to around 10 to 15 minutes, I kind of stop in the middle of it. But I will be continuing tomorrow uh, with this. So please stay tuned tomorrow for that. Um, but basically, this all begins from a, a, a comment that Paul makes in Romans chapter 8 verses 29 to 30 and I and I deliberately skipped over this yesterday because I knew that we would be looking more deeply at this today but it was something that made me stop and think when I first read it in Romans chapter 8 verses 29 to 30 it says this for whom he uh, meaning God did for did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So, this word predestinate comes up. And this obviously has a number of connotations uh, with it. Um, today, in, mo in modern terms, we understand that the phrase predestinate, uh, we're referring to when God kind of puts us in a position... And because he knows us, we have no choice in in the outcome. You know, we have no agency in what the outcome is. And of course, if this were the case, then of course this wouldn't be our Heavenly Father's plan. He wants us to choose for ourselves. And Satan's plan was this kind of predestination um, plan where um, we just do what we have to do and we have no choice. And then our outcome is already assured before we even come to this earth. Now... It's quite clear when you look at what Paul teaches over the next few chapters, chapters 9 to 11, um, that actually this isn't what he means by the term predestinate. He doesn't mean that we are chosen before this life um, to do what we're going to do to the point where we don't have a choice in it. For ordination, which members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints use as, a, as the term um, there is an element of how we're chosen before this life, and this is what I'm going to go into now, um, but it doesn't take away our agency to choose that outcome. And that is the key. That's the key difference, really, I guess, between the modern term of predestination and what Paul is referring to here as predestinate. And that's what needs to be understood, which is why I think the Come Follow Me Manual has picked up on this and has got us to kind of study this a bit further, because it would be, you know, at face value, Paul here saying that we don't have a choice or agency in what we achieve or what we accomplish through the help of our saviour. Um, President Brigham Young said this, quote, talking about God, quote, he knew millions of years before this world was framed that Pharaoh would be a wicked man. He saw, he understood, his work was before him and he could see it from the beginning to the end. 
And so, scrutinizing, penetrating, and expanding are his visions and knowledge, not that not even a hair of our head can fall to the ground or notice by him. He foreknew what Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, would do. Close quote. And I think that um, the, the phrase would be a wicked man and what Joseph in Egypt would do is very important here in Brigham Young's quote. That he's not saying that he placed him there because, you know, he had no choice to, to, act, to lead to these outcomes. Our Heavenly Father knew what these individual people would do in their context and what they would be like. And so for his work to go forward for the rest of mankind, that was what he placed and what he kind of prepared. Um, again, those people had the choice as to how they acted. They had their own agency. But because our Heavenly Father knows us so intimately, he was aware of what we would be doing in those situations and circumstances. But, you know, that still doesn't change the fact that they chose for themselves to act the way they did in their separate circumstances. Um, if we look further now, before, and I'm, I'm not going to dive into Romans chapters 9 to 11 because there is so much in there. And that's probably what I'll draw most of my study for tomorrow from. But there's a couple of things that the... Um, the Come Follow Me manual picks out uh, a couple of scriptures which relate to this. And obviously, uh, the things I'm going to refer to, one of them is in Ephesians, which of course Paul himself wrote. So I think that it is applicable here because Paul is teaching a different group of people, but he's teaching the same principle, but with a bit more clarity and detail. Uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 to 4, it says this, Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame and uh, before him in love. And then in verse 5 he says that this, this word again, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now again, um, we see the word predestined. Now, according to the footnotes in the King James Version of the Bible, uh, there is a Greek translation here where predestined could also be the word foreordained, which I think is important. Um, but also, it is, again, the, the fact that God has chosen us, reserved us, and this leads to one of the other words that is mentioned in Come, Follow Me, um, where he's chosen us because he knew, he knew that we were drawn our faith uh, to kind of go through this life. In April 1975, uh, Elder Theodore M. Burton uh, said this, quote, From the time the earth was originally planned, God the Eternal Father knew that in the last days Satan would become desperate. As the second coming of Jesus Christ approaches, Satan is doing everything in his power to destroy the work of God. He is using every artifice he can imagine to destroy the plan of salvation. He is raging in blood and horror on the earth. But... God knew what Satan would attempt to do in these days and devised a plan to meet that challenge. God reserved for these days some of his most valiant sons and daughters. He held back for our day proved and trusted children who he knew from their pre-mortal behaviour would hear the voice of the shepherd and would accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. He knew they would qualify themselves to receive the priesthood, that they would use the holy priesthood to limit Satan's destructiveness and make it possible for God to complete the work he had planned for the saving of his children. Close quote. Now, we have heard many uh, talks and messages of this nature that people in the last days were chosen and foreordained to come to those last days. And I would extend that to, you know, every child of God has been chosen or foreordained to go to the time in which they were sent. Um, 
Now, it's important to understand this again because we do understand and we do believe that our Heavenly Father does have a foreordination plan uh, as part of the plan of salvation and that we have been selected to go toward uh, what he has chosen us to do. In fact, this is um, agreed with by Peter in an epistle he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 2, where he says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. So he's teaching here that we, they, and all of God's children are elect, or chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God, um, because they will be obedient uh, to, the, to the gospel of Christ. Um, President John Taylor said this, Quote, we profess further to be the elect of God, set apart, elected, chosen by him to be his servants, to accomplish his work upon the earth. In the first place, to establish correct principles among ourselves, and then to teach these principles to others, no matter what they relate to, whether to family matters, to the state, to a town, to a corporation, or a government. Close quote. President John Taylor is teaching here that, again, we have been elected. Now, before we continue on, let's bring in this word now, election. Uh, when I first went into this study, I believed election uh, to be about um, having our calling and election made sure, which is something completely different, it turns out. And I did just want to uh, kind of clarify that for myself, you know, what this term elected or to be or, or have an election means. And the two terms are different, even though they use the same word. Election, if you look in the Guide to the Scriptures, which is a very useful um, resource, actually, says this. Based on pre-mortal worthiness, God chose those who would be the seed of Abraham and the house of Israel and become the covenant people. These people are given special blessings and duties so they can bless all the nations of the world. However, even these chosen ones must be called and elected in this life in order to gain salvation. And that's where the calling and election terminology comes in so being elected or having an election simply means you have been chosen before this life to become part of the covenant people to become a part of the house of israel and how do we do that in this day if we're not you know biologically or directly descended from the house of israel it is through being baptized and receiving the gift of the holy ghost where we become children of christ and we are adopted into this house okay so I don't know why I said okay then. <laughs> uh, so it's really important. However, whilst you know this is all necessary to understand that we were chosen before this life that to receive the gospel, as it were, it still, again, does not take away our individual agency to live correctly and the way we need to in this life to reach what our Heavenly Father wants us to become. I'm going to close with this section from Romans 11. Um, I because I think that it again reminds us of whilst we may be elected to come into this house of Israel, we still need to live correctly. Um, Romans 11 verses 16 to 20 is great. It's, now, just bear with me because I'm going to kind of read a verse and explain it a bit because it is a bit, a bit metaphorical. It's talking about a, an olive tree or a, or a tree or a fruit tree. So if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, as so are the branches. For if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. So he's talking, and this is why I love this in verses 16 to 17, because we see again how Paul is adapting his message to his audience. 
He's writing this to the Romans, who were not of the house of Israel. But he's explaining to them that they were, they're the wild branches of the olive trees, which have now been grafted in to the, the Christ, into Christ's tree, into the house of Israel. Um, and he says that the first root was holy and that the, and the root is holy. And if you're going to be grafted in, then you're part of that. But then the next bit is important in verses 18 to 20. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the fruit, the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And I think that that is really important. What he's basically saying, just to kind of paraphrase this into our modern-day language, he's saying, you know, because you've been grafted in into this, this wonderful, holy house of Israel, don't boast, don't say, oh, you, these guys before us, they were wicked and they've been cast away and now we're in place because we're better. Don't say that because it's the root that bears you, not you the root. Um, and if you continue to say that, you know, they were broken off, that we might be brought in, well, actually, you, you're wrong. They are gone because of their unbelief. And you need to not be like them and have faith and believe, not be high-minded or not be proud but respect and, and love your Heavenly Father. Um, it's clear from this message that Paul isn't teaching the, the doctrine of predestination where, you know, we have been kind of, it's decided beforehand what outcome we're going to have and therefore that's the way it is and nothing can change that. Otherwise, why would he teach these people who are brought into the house of Israel that they need to adjust the way that they are thinking or change the way they are acting? Um, so anyway, I'm going to pause it there on this particular study because there is loads more about foreordination. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about Alma chapter 13 verses one to five and a couple other things as well. So I'll share, I'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this kind of first part of looking at these important, um, principles to understand. Uh, if there's anything that you've learned about these that you'd like to share or maybe add to what you've heard here then I'd love to hear from you at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter, or if there's anything else you've been studying, I'd love to hear from you too. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again.